Hello. Most people would say they value their friends, and friendship is the theme of our present series of talks here on Search for Truth. Search for Truth is a Bible teaching program led by our teacher, Brian Johnston. Whilst we've many different types of relationship among our day-to-day -day friends, Brian's looking particularly at our relationship with someone the Bible tells us can be our special friend, and that's God. He's called his talk Optional Friendship, so let's find out what Brian means by that. Thanks, John. Someone who's been befriended and who values that friendship would naturally tend to respect the other's wishes. That's the point we come to today in our exploration of the subject of friendship. So far, using Abraham and Moses, we've illustrated our friendship with God in terms of his intimate communications with us, these communications being rooted in and giving rise to a deepening understanding of God's character. But there's another side to friendship with God, which is also made clear from John 15 and verse 14, where Jesus says, You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. As we've commented before, there are two aspects to friendship seen there. It's based on us doing what the Lord commands, as well as such a relationship being underpinned by his sharing with his friends the secrets of the Godhead. We've explored the second part from the lives of Abraham and Moses, as we've said, so it's time that we come back now to the first part and devote some of our attention to it. Doing what the Lord commands. This was at the heart of Abraham's friendship with God, as it was with Moses. In Exodus chapter 40, seven times we read, just as the Lord commanded Moses. Everything in connection with the tabernacle was done by Moses, just as the Lord commanded Moses. Meanwhile, the Bible's commentary on Abraham says in Hebrews chapter 11, By faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Their relationship was based on the faith, but also on the works of Abraham who believed the promises God made to him. As James 2 and verse 23 makes clear, Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. It's good to remind ourselves of the promises which we too have received from God. Without mentioning them specifically, the Apostle Paul says right at the beginning of 2 Corinthians, For as many as are the promises of God in him, that is in Jesus, they are yes. Therefore also through him is our amen to the glory of God through us. Our belief in these promises we have from God, and all reaching us through Jesus Christ, is also the root of our relationship with God. But that belief is inseparable from the obedience we now show to God. Paul's Bible letter to the Romans contains the greatest ever discussion of the gospel. The apostle teaches that we are justified by faith. We're not saved from the penalty of our sins by our own good works. But the grace of God which saves us also instructs us to live in a sober, godly and right way. We are under obligation to do this and not to backslide. At both the introduction and the conclusion of Paul's letter to the Romans, Paul uses the expression, the obedience of faith. 
Faith which is real will result in obedience. Here's how Paul opens his letter to the Romans, chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David according to the flesh, who was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for his namesake. Notice there the mention of the obedience of faith. This was the goal of Paul's preaching and that of the other apostles. The conclusion of Paul's letter to the Romans contains another magnificent summary of the gospel. Chapter 16, verse 25 now. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which has been kept secret for long ages past, but now is manifested. And by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the eternal God, has been made known to all the nations, leading to obedience of faith, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be the glory forever. Amen. Again, notice what Paul's gospel is said to lead to. It's the obedience of faith. First and last in Romans, it's about the obedience of faith. Such a thing as easy believism, just believe, wasn't known to Paul. That wasn't the essence of Paul's preaching. The gospel, once accepted, should shape our whole life. That's exactly how Paul put it in chapter 6 and verse 17 of Romans. He says, Thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. Some have thought, you know, that there's some tension between the apostles Paul and James on this point, with Paul stressing justification by faith, whereas James seemingly stresses justification by works. But we've seen how Paul has preempted this by stressing the obedience of faith. And James' famous debate in chapter 2 of his letter, where at first sight he seems to be saying that faith without works cannot save us, is not saying anything different to this. James is not putting faith on the one hand and works on the other. The distinction James is making, so forcibly at that point in his letter, is a distinction between mere professed faith on the one hand and real faith on the other. His point, same as Paul's, is that real faith cannot exist without real works of obedience in following what the Bible commands. It's faith alone which saves us. Real faith, that is. The kind which will always have associated with it good works which please God in our Christian lives. This is exactly the place in the book of James where we read about Abraham being called God's friend. This is why we're discussing it bound up as such obedience is with the meaning of our being friends with God. The Apostles' teaching in the New Testament, the information which gives the blueprint for the original organisation of the first century Christian community, is exactly the teaching of our Lord, which he delivered to the Apostles so that they could in turn pass it on to us through the pages of the New Testament Scriptures. In an age which plays down doctrine, as a dirty word, 
We are called to stand apart, faithful to the content of that original blueprint contained in God's Word, the Bible. But that call, which is ultimately the call of Christ, is for the sake of friendship, our friendship with God. It's precisely our evaluation of that amazing friendship that can change our attitude towards obeying the Lord. When we find obedience difficult, we should reflect on who's giving the commands and the relationship existing between us, which is conditional on that obedience. Think about this. The friendship that puts God under a sense of obligation to share his thoughts with us is the same friendship that puts us under obligation to obey his commands. God binds himself to friendship with us. But do we hesitate about committing ourselves to friendship with him? We could put it this way. It's not the obedience that's optional. It's the friendship. God leaves it up to you whether or not you choose to be his friend and be found continuing steadfastly among the people of God. you were challenged by Brian's talk today. There's a transcript booklet available for this series, uh, as you probably know, and I'm sure you'll find it helpful. Uh, there's no charge. We don't share any of your details with anyone else. And if you'd like us to send you one or, or more copies, ask for the title Friendship. You can contact us by email or by post 
and here's the address. Search for Truth, Church of God, Downing Drive, Leicester, LE5, 6LN, England. And the email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. And then on our website you can find some past programmes and helpful material. Just go to www.searchfortruth.org.uk Now it's been great you could uh, be with us again today and I hope you can be listening again next week for another talk by Brian on friendship. But until then it's our very best wishes from Brian, our Bible teacher, our studio technician, David, our singers from Wembley, and me, John. So goodbye for now, and may God richly bless you. Jesus shall lead me night and day. Jesus shall lead me Someday that I shall see